1: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash tirerackcom The way tire buying should be. With
2: the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, or just a boy, John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast, Colin Coward Podcast Network. A lot going on. We got the owners' meetings in full swing. You know that means Andy Reid has the shorts and the Hawaiian shirt out. We got coaches' pictures. We got GM pictures. I'm sure by Friday we'll have a ton of stuff to go over. You know, Belichick. I'm sure I, I can't wait for either Wednesday or. Tomorrow, whenever he talks at the breakfast, to get peppered about Robert Kraft and the massage parlors. But today, some thoughts on March Madness and the, the Tom Izzo controversy, and how that parallels some stuff with football coaches. This new fourth and fifteen rule that's kind of gonna might potentially wipe out the onside kick. I'm fascinated by it. I love it. I can't I can't wait to talk about that. Rob Gronkowski retires. Uh, just checked his playoff numbers. They're just stupid. I, I love Rob Gronkowski. I'm going to miss Rob Gronkowski. There's a chance Rob Gronkowski comes back. But is he the greatest tight end of all time? In my lifetime, probably. have some thoughts on that. And then just... I mean, the NFL is literally going viral right now with a coach's picture and a GM picture. And MLB opening day is on Thursday. And no one even knows it's happening. It is pretty nuts when you think about it like that. But let's start with this weekend. March Madness. Lost a little money, but, you know, I, I still got some futures on Gonzaga, Kentucky, Tennessee, and, and Michigan State. Love the tournament. Love gambling on the tournament. March Madness is a coach's tournament, really. I mean, especially now with the one and duns, typically aren't as many consistent stars. Zion, somewhat of an outlier. Man, Duke. Watching the Duke game in the locker room of my gym the other day, and I live in the Bay Area. I pay way too much for a gym, so it's kind of like a country club. There must have been 30 dudes watching the last, I don't know, five minutes of that game huddled around this TV in the locker room. Duke Duke moves the needle. The other guy that kind of moved the needle this weekend on social media, which I thought was pretty laughable, was Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo lit into this star freshman, uh, really lit into him, and social media just freaked out. How is he allowed to talk to the player like that? That would never fly in the pros. That, That was For the PC Snowflake crowd that thought that that was over the top, I I did not, uh, clearly. I, I was not baffled because I, typically on social media, you have to be very careful. There is a small vocal minority that thinks one way. No one I've ever met would go, you know what? If my kid was a Division I basketball player, I wouldn't want him to play for Tom Izzo because he's going to yell at my kid. You know what? If I had an offensive guard as a son, because that's what my kid's not going to play, quarterback or wide receiver. You know who I wouldn't want him to play for? Nick Saban. That that wouldn't be a, a program conducive to success. I'm a little biased because... I've only, beside radio, I didn't, that was the only job, regular quote-unquote job I'd ever had. I had never really worked in, you know, like corporate America. or the Like I worked in college football and then the NFL. So I was used to getting yelled at. When I first got to Fresno State, I vividly remember screwing something up back in the day when to get high school recruiting film, you'd have to sign up for these services, and they would send you like, 30 to 50 DVDs every three or four days from the following weekend's games of high school football all over either the state of California, and we did, I think, the state of Texas and Arizona. And then you would kind of like the old school library, you would numerically order them and kind of set it up inside a program, and then you'd print it out. So, Coach Hill, Pat Hill, who worked for Belichick, who was old school, I mean, an old school tough guy, who had a lot of success. And, I mean, as high of a character guy I've ever been around, I loved him. I screwed it up. And we were going, and he took recruiting really seriously. Took a lot of pride in it. Learned from Belichick. Loved the recruiting process of evaluating recruits. And the one most valuable thing he taught me, and it still works to this day, is, and luckily now I just watch highlight tapes on players, but that is not the true way to evaluate players. I'm able to do it in the media. But when you were a scout, highlight tapes are terrible. Any good player can look good in a highlight tape. So you got to watch the game. And Belichick really believed in that and taught him that, and he believed in it. And that's why, over his 15 years at Fresno State, he produced so many pros. He was a great evaluator of talent. But I remember screwing it up and getting screamed at. Like, for the first time in my adult life, beside my home, where, I, I don't know about you, I can only speak for men and boys and guys, From about seven years old till about 20, I probably deserve deserve to be legitimately yelled at at least once a day. You know, most boys worth their salt that push the envelope probably could justify yelling at them daily. But Pat Hill lit into me. I I mean, I thought I was going to get fired. But in the football world, it's just normal to get yelled at and it wasn't that big of a deal. It was fixed, whatever. He probably forgot about it an hour later. And it happened to me a couple times. He was a little, I would say, aggressive than Coach Reed. But Coach Reed yelled at me too. I was yelled at him by him one time at a training camp. I kind of screwed up a drill that I was working on. Not It was just, and I got lit into a little bit. Again, football is an aggressive culture. Sports are an aggressive culture. There is a lot on the line. To me, there's a difference of just being an asshole and screaming at people. And screaming at people for the right reasons. Like Tom Izzo, who produced uh, arguably the toughest guy currently in the NBA, who will tell you that Tom Izzo is like his father in Draymond Green. Nick Saban constantly lights into guys. What do those guys you know, typically become? NFL draft picks, really high, and really good players. And I, I, one notion that I saw a lot on Twitter this weekend was like, that shit never flies in the pros. It doesn't. Have you not done any research or followed Belichick's career? Have you not read about the way he treats guys in meetings and will light into anyone from Tom Brady to the last guy on the practice squad? Every dude who walks into that building is on edge because Belichick's on edge, ready to light into you. Do you know what that has equaled? Six championships in 18 years. Eight straight AFC championships. Bill Parcells, one of the biggest A-holes in the history of the league. What did he do? I don't know, he's just known as one of the best coaches ever. Walsh took a little bit of a different approach. He screamed and berated his coaches. Like, I- I'm sorry. high st- Places where there are high standards, where you're trying to achieve and be the best, it usually gets a little contentious. Bill Belichick has a famous quote that there is no growth without confrontation. So yelling at someone is not a bad thing. Usually you get the best out of someone. Now you can't yell at every player. Certain guys respond to it better than others. But I bet Tom Brady would tell you. I like being pushed. I bet Draymond Green will tell you. I like it. I yearn for it. I want it. Most guys worth their salt in high-level D1 and definitely in the pros don't mind it. The NBA, a little different. Like, you can't yell at LeBron. Do you know who you can yell at? Steph, Clay, Draymond. They're about to win fourth championship. Do you know the guy you can't yell at? Kevin Durant. He's a little softer. They treat him with kid gloves. But the three champions that have more rings than him, they're treated tough. Brady, Gronk, we'll talk about Gronk a little bit later. They they push him. Guess what it made Gronk? I don't know, first ballot Hall of Famer. Greg Popovich constantly lights into guys. I don't know, he just hasn't missed the playoffs in 20 plus years. To think that yelling, and and I'm not saying that everyone, you got to be yourself. You got to be true to yourself. But holding people to high standards and occasionally yelling is not the worst thing. And, you know, Izzo and Belichick, Coach K, those guys. Like, Coach Reed doesn't swear. But he has high standards, and he will get on guys. Now, he does it a little differently, but, you know, he's 6'3", 300 pounds. I might be uh, lowball on there. He's actually gotten in a lot better shape. But he will stay on. I mean, it's healthy. Again, I, I, I've never worked in Wall Street or Steve Jobs' Apple, but I, I, the stories I've read, the movies I've watched, it can get pretty contentious there, too. The highest level stuff, people are usually on edge. And when things don't go right, you get yelled at. And I and I think most people embrace it. Most people with common sense go, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. The small, politically correct minority on Twitter, because that's what it is, the vocal minority freak out. I know this. Is there a parent worth their salt in America that would not want their son to go play for Tom Izzo? That would not want their son to play for Bill Belichick. That would not want their son to play for Nick Saban. I don't think there is. There isn't one. So this notion that even as times change, like this is sports. The the emotions are running high. Uh, Even though these accomplishments, you know, you could argue are kind of arbitrary. They don't determine like, you know, health or really just what is really getting to the Final Four mean for these guys, it means legendary status at that university. It might mean a better draft pick when the draft comes around. It's no different than saving lightning into a guy in the SEC Championship or in the first playoff game. You're trying to accomplish the, the highest level of your goals, which at the best programs are championships. And in all these sports, only one person can be a champion. So the, the the level of intensity sometimes just boils over. I, I've never understood... And I, got the, I saw this a lot on Twitter. I think Joe Banner tweeted this. Former Eagle president. Like, Steve Kerr would never... Joe, have you watched Steve Kerr? Him and Draymond famously had a fuck you interaction several years ago where Draymond threatened to beat him up and Steve Kerr went right back at him. Steve Kerr loses his just mind once every other week on the sideline. He screams at people all the time. Again, it is normal with the Warriors why they dominate. Because he can push Steph Curry, he can push Klay Thompson, just like Belichick can get on Devin McCourty or Edelman or Brady or Gronk, just like they can the Scrubs. The best teams, the standard is the same for the best player, Google Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan. They used to yell at each other. Again, that's healthy. Because if you can yell at your best player, that means you can yell at everyone else. And that means that everyone else is a little more focused, a little more locked in. You're getting a little better effort. So this thing went viral on Twitter. The the thing that made me the proudest were most people were like, when Scott Van Pelt did this talk about, yeah, certain people have standards. Every once in a while, you're allowed to scream at someone. He's not going to punch them. He's not going to fight them. He's just coaching them. Like, I'm sorry. Sometimes coaching is yelling. Because as as boys, especially young boys, sometimes we don't listen very well. And we need to be yelled at. Again, most of the boys that I've been around, CC, my friends over the years, have needed to be yelled at. Whether it's an athletic competition. I'm, I'm even just talking high school. You know? Talking junior high. Let alone college. Med lose focus. We're humans all the time. Sometimes you need to be... Kind of yelled at to get locked back in. So I I love Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo, to me, is the closest thing in college basketball to being a football coach. He notoriously, like some of his best friend is Steve Mariucci. He has a legendary, I remember reading this in the USA Today. I don't even know if the USA Today paper actually exists anymore. A rebounding drill uh, where it's just like a war zone. I mean, his players have suited up for Michigan State spring games. Draymond Green legitimately did. It's a culture of toughness, which means it's a culture of winning. So I I hope that the screaming coach never goes away, and and it never will, because sometimes you got to scream to get your point across. Okay, let's get into uh, the fourth and fifteen rule. I'm not that big of a focus on the rules at these owners' meetings until something actually gets voted on and is changed, because there have been a lot of ideas over the years. And I think that's typically why Belichick despises these meetings, because of how stupid and unpractical it all is. Like, there is a clear line of delineation when it comes to the NFL, people that care only about the money, and then people that only care about the football team. Now, like Belichick, he cares about the money, how much you're paying players, but he doesn't care about the revenue streams and the storylines and growing the game. He just wants to win the game, which... Is keep the main thing, the main thing. He makes his owner the most amount of money possible. Because all they do is host playoff games and all they do is win Super Bowls. But this rule is pretty fascinating. And and Belichick's argued honestly, you should listen to everything Belichick says because him arguing to get rid of the extra point from the two-yard line and put it toward the 35-yard line, it can't really be argued now at this point. What what are are we two years with it? Maybe I think two, maybe three. However long it's been, it's been awesome. It adds uh, just a new wrinkle, an intrigue, and just something that has had major ramifications in games. You know that people missed that field goal. It used to be, and his argument was like, "It's like ninety-nine percent chance from the two-yard line. Make make it forty-two yards or whatever, or thirty-five yards, whatever, whatever it is. Hell, I don't even know. They kick it from the thirty-five. Yeah, so it's a forty-two-yard field goal. It just makes it interesting." Is it 42 or is it 35-yard field goal? Whatever it is, point still valid. It makes it more intriguing. Well, this rule I think is awesome. The fourth and 15 rule. To me, the number one thing you have to have in sports right now, you have to be able to keep people's attention. And the thing that kills, I say it all the time in baseball, is and I know Colin uses this word a lot, urgency. And I, as someone that does local stuff, Baseball's a big deal, not lately, because the Giants suck, but a baseball season's so long that there's no urgency to any game. I've often thought there is a... Misinformation's probably the wrong word. There's like a over... There's like an overconfidence with the baseball world that gambling's gonna have a big effect and help baseball. Listen, I've been gambling since I was like 17 years old. If you ever gambled on baseball, It sucks. I mean, the best sport to gamble on by far is the NFL. <laughs> it's just the e- not the easiest sport because you still lose a lot, but you feel you have the best chance. In March Madness, because every game matters, every snap matters. Well, there are sometimes there's blowouts in the NFL, and relative, it's not college football, 30, 40 points, but 17 points with five minutes to go. If you're sitting on your couch, you know, at that... For me, it's the 10 to 1 window. If I'm if I'm watching a game, it's 17 points and I'm gambling on the game, probably turning the channel, flipping to another game, flipping to the red zone channel, whatever. If I have money on the game. Well, now with this 14, uh, fourth and 15 rule, and here's how I read it. Anytime in the fourth quarter, if you're down, instead of kicking an onside kick, you can go you can get fourth and fifteen. So let's say you're down 17 points, five minutes left. You score. So now you're down 10 points. Imagine having the underdog, you know, at plus seven and a half. So you're now down 10 points. You just need a field goal. Well, with five minutes left or four minutes left or whatever, you would probably usually have to kick an onside kick because you're down multiple scores. Well, now, potentially the rule, and I think the way Florio was writing that it's probably going to pass, of course, John Mara hates it, that you get the ball at your own 35, not, I guess, on your on the thirty five, yeah, on their thirty five, so you got to still go seventy plus yards or whatever, and it's fourth and fifteen. I always get that messed up. On your side of the field or is it their side of the field? Like you still got to go a long way. But at the thirty five yard line, instead of kicking an onside kick, you can just go for it with your offense. Fourth and fifteen. I think that's awesome. And to me, the sport that is pretty dependent on gambling. It's a huge benefit for the sport of football that to me brings immediate intrigue and keeps attention for the random guy that might change the game it like 17 points is big but boom you get it to 10 and I got the fourth and 15 rule I'm all for it I'm all I, I, and Colin has been talking about this for years and I never quite understood it till once I started working in the media to really the minutia of baseball and they're the complete opposite they refuse to change they refuse to ever try to be progressive with their rules basketball somewhere in the middle, but there's only so much they can change. In baseball and football, there's just a lot of rules. Basketball, for the most part, is pretty basic. But in football, they're always trying to adapt. They're always trying to make things more interesting. And they don't always get it right. But to me, this is genius. I absolutely love it. I'm all for it. I think we would... If you implemented this next year, I think we would immediately have some crazy freaking moments. Someone's like, I saw a great tweet... You put the 4th and 15 rule, the Chiefs will never lose. It's like their favorite down in distance. But in, in all seriousness, imagine, honestly, 5 minutes left of a game, you're watching your team or the team you've been on is down multiple touchdowns. Let's just say 17 points. You score a touchdown with, let's say, 3 minutes left. You score a touchdown. So now you're down 10. Well, you'd have to onside kick, typically. Now you go 4th and 15. What if you get it? Then, boom, you score another time, and I don't know... I haven't been able to quite get the details on this. If you can only use it once, if it's like a challenge. To me, if it's like a challenge, if you get it, you then, if you score, let's say you're down 10, you get it. You kick a field goal, now you're down 7. You should be able to do it again. Again, like a challenge. You get it, you get it. doesn't go away. It's not a one-time deal. I, I am 100% all for this. And John Mara's beef and his quote that I saw, he said, like, what are we becoming, the Arena League? Like, John, I'd argue you kind of already became Arena League-ish with your rules, with headhunting. Like, your game, for being still a physical violent game, which the sport of football will always be, just because, I mean, mean, the most basic premise of the sport is tackling, right? The guy with the ball, you tackle, so there's just going to be violence in that, I mean, no matter how you try to regulate it. But let's call it what it is. You can't touch a quarterback anymore. You can't touch a wide receiver. The wide receiver down the field is considered defenseless. Even though I've never heard of a defenseless player when you're on offense and you know there are defenders ready to hit you. You're not defenseless. You know the guy's coming. You just might not see him coming. But let's not act like your sports hasn't become arena league-ish already. So to me, adding this rule, it's not like that. Sometimes you feel like a rule is kind of minor league. This does not feel like that at all. To me, this adds action, and
0: this keeps attention, which is the hardest thing, again, to do in 2019. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs
1: TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
2: Rob Gronkowski, who Sunday night, Schefter tweets out, I guess he Instagrammed it, that he was retiring. And the, where I first saw it, Schefter had tweeted it out, basically his Instagram post, that Rob Gronkowski officially retiring. I think Drew Rosenhaus said today, uh, I've seen so many comments on this, that he had talked to Gronk about potentially working with the Patriots about skipping OTAs, about skipping training camp, and just showing up when the season started and thought that they would have worked something out. He's one of Belichick's favorite players ever. And Gronk just says, no, I'm out. And I, it didn't really come out of left field. I think we had thought about Gronk retiring really all season, somewhat of a shell of himself during the regular season. Was awesome in the playoffs. Uh, but but I think when you look at his career, it really is nuts Brady had been in the league for like 12 years. Then Gronk comes in, has a nine-year career, and Brady's still going to play a couple years? It might have been 10 years, whatever it was. Brady's career, he had 10-plus years before him, and he's going to have several after him. I, I still think there's a chance Gronk comes in at the end of this season, but there's also a chance, I mean, unlike most of these idiots, and I never give you credit when, you know, if you make 10 million bucks, or $5 bucks after agent fees, taxes, depending on where you play, you may only bank a couple million bucks. But if you make 20, 30, 40, I mean, Gronk's made $50, $60 million, and you ever go bankrupt, you are a moron. I mean, an absolute imbecile. So, do I give Gronk credit for saving all of his money? Somewhat, but he's a smart guy. Uh, I also think that he stood for a couple things. In a day and age when you constantly see guys, it happens more in the NBA, but you see in the NFL, one of my favorite draft prospects, Devin White, just said he wants to be a $100 million player. Like, bro, you haven't even been drafted. Let's just, let's pump the brakes. What did Gronkowski really do poorly, you know, or wrong that he got dinged for? He liked to drink beer? Oh, who'd he hang out with? I don't know, his four brothers? Like, who was his posse? Oh, his family? Like, that's literally who he hung out with. He took a he took a photo one time with B.B. Jones. Uh, he kind of made B.B. Jones' career. I, I think she's since retired. But when you look at Rob Gronkowski to me, he's arguably one of the greatest playoff non-quarterback players ever. He played 16 games in his playoff career. So he basically played one NFL regular season. He had 81 catches, over 1,100 yards, and 12 touchdowns. I mean, that that's an all-pro season in itself. He played... Nine seasons, went to five Super Bowls, and won three. Like, his career resume is just incredible. Again, five Super Bowls in nine seasons, and won three. With those playoff numbers, 130 targets, 81 catches, over 1,100 yards, and 12 touchdowns. And, you know, the PC crowd, they always got so bothered, like, why is he not held to the same standard as Cam Newton? I don't know, because Cam Newton, I watched him in the Super Bowl, I literally was there and I had money against him, shit the bed and was god-awful and then acted like an idiot after. So Gronkowski came through in the clutch every time, every single time, healthy or not, because a lot of times he wasn't healthy. He looked like Barry Bonds with all the, the armor he had on. He answered the bell literally every time and played his best in the biggest games. And in a day and age when all these athletes talk about their brands and how much money they're going to make, like the biggest knock on Gronk was he liked to drink and party. And really, it was just hanging out with his four brothers and his dad that's actually a party animal for an older guy. And he he dated, or I don't know, dated might be strong, hung out with B.B. Jones. Like, I, I'm sorry. I, I think Gronk's never been arrested, was the ultimate teammate. Tom, Tom loved him. Belichick loved him. Clearly was willing to do whatever you asked. And that's the other thing. The modern day athlete isn't big on like, hey man, instead of of running routes, I want you to block. Instead of running the go route, I'm going to want you to run out routes. Instead of shooting threes, I'm going to want you just to rebound. They get very offended because they all think they're stars. Gronk was legitimately an all pro star. And he would do whatever he was asked. The Patriots would say jump and he would say how high. Like he did everything like he couldn't have been a better teammate member of the Patriots. I, I'm just talking about from a teammate perspective. Then when you factor him on on the actual field, how well he played, I mean he dominated in the biggest games, and he was just one of the big personalities I, I think we've had in the NFL in recent memory. That wasn't fake personality. It wasn't like Cam dressing up and acting funny, but then not getting it done in big moments. Or, like, pounding the table requesting a trade. Now, you could argue, why would he request a trade? He's on the Patriots. He actually, Belichick, cold-blooded as he is, tried to trade him last year. And Gronk told the Lions, I'll quit. I will not play. And, he, you know, he kind of did a little player empowerment. And I don't blame Gronk. And then he gave him a season where he couldn't really catch the ball. But all he did was, he operated like one of the best offensive of tackles in the league. He dominated blocking. But again, to me, the numbers that really stand out, beside the all pros and everything, in 16 playoff games. So he basically played one regular season. One regular season. He had 81 catches, 12 touchdowns, and 1,100 yards. And a lot of those games, he was banged up. He's the ultimate playoff player. I'd argue non-quarterback, best playoff player I've ever seen would probably be Larry Fitzgerald. Maybe Jerry, Jerry Rice, obviously, right up there, too. Some of the early games in the 80s, I was too young. But Larry Fitzgerald in the last couple decades is so damn good in the playoffs. That's Gronkowski. So the Patriots, they can draft a guy. They can end up signing Jared Cook, who as of right now, they're trying to talk into backing out on the Saints. Whether that will happen or not, I don't know. But I I think at the end of the day, this is one of the great players we've ever seen, one of the great teammates we've ever seen, one of the great true champions we've ever seen. Like When you think about this Patriot core... Starts with Brady, then it's Gronk, then it's Edelman, then it's McCourty, then it's Hightower, then it's Slater. Listen, I'm unbiased. I just like watching the Patriots because they kick everyone. They're just dominant. They kick ass and take names. They've owned the league for the last decade. That core has been fun to watch. All those guys, you know, kind of keep their mouth shut. They don't talk that much. They're just kind of like Belichick's little creations. I mean, Tom's got his own personality, even Gronk. But when he's in the football bubble... They are focused on one thing and one thing only. And that's kicking the shit out of you. That's when the game starts on Sunday, I'm going to be better coached. I'm going to be more into the game plan. I'm just going to be better than you. And when shit hits the fan in the third and fourth quarter, and you get tight, I won't get tight. And Gronk is a great example. Obviously Brady is the cream of the crop. But Gronk and Edelman, and Edelman's not the level of player Gronk, but that little trio of those three guys to go along with Belichick and the coaching staff... Just, just champions in every sense of the word. I mean, they're, they're the ultimate type guys you would want to go to war with on Sunday. <clears throat> like I, I, New England and, and and Patriot fans will realize this probably in 20, 30 years. Like how good they had it. Like to me, this core has had a little more personality, a little more juice than the first core, which had to be cool. I mean, your first Super Bowl ever. But the Bruschi, the Vrabel. I mean, those guys are cool and all, but this. To me, the Edelman Gronk has a little more flavor, a little more juice to it. You know, TB12 kind of gotten a little different as, as time got on, but those two guys, and especially Rob, uh, I mean, you could you could argue in a city that's produced Larry Bird, Bill Russell, Tom Brady, he's one of the most unique athletes in a, in one of the top sports cities in American history. Just his personality, his how clutch he was, how nails he was, how tough he was how good he was, how unique he was. I mean, he was like 6'5", 250, 260, that could run, had soft, butter hands, and was an absolute killer. So I'm going to miss him. I'm not 100% sure his career is over. I feel pretty confident, but you never know. Like, Tom might get on the phone... He's clearly... Here's the other thing. In a league full of, like, guys that love telling you how smart they are, everyone's like, oh, Gronk's just some big idiot meathead. He clearly isn't that big of an idiot if he saved every dime he's ever made. I, I give him some smart credit points on that one. You know, I, I get Arizona's an easy school to go into, and he's just meathead, he likes to lift. Well, in a league full of guys, the majority of them that go broke in pro sports in general, maybe Gronkowski's a little smarter than you think. You don't become that good of a teammate... You're not that revered by Belichick and Brady if you're an idiot. I actually think that's one of the more underrated parts of Gronk is probably how truly smart he was. He liked playing up his role. And he's kind of like a WWE character. But I think when the dust settled and he showed up to work every day, answering the bell every day, never had one problem in the facility. Not one! In a program that is so hard for so many people to just be able to handle the the pressure that comes with being a patriot, and that's why I think his his core of guys, starting with Brady, Edelman, McCourty, Hightower, Slater, and him, like they are just to me when I think Patriots, I, I just think of like those four or five guys, and that's why they got three championships in the last five years. They've been to eight straight AFC championships, and I know he's going to be gone, but the, to me, they're the heavy favorite to win the AFC, uh, the AFC just in general again, especially if he. Come storming through those doors. I don't know. Mid-December? I'm back. <laughs> let's do it. Championship. I'm going to miss him. I hope he comes back. Don't feel great about it. But I I hope you realize what a complete badass and, and teammate and champion it ever since the War Gronk was. Here, let's get into the Middlecoff mailbag. Do it every week here on the show. And you slide up in my DMs, at John Middlecoff, my Instagram handle. Also my Twitter handle, and basically all my handles. And just slide up in those DMs, ask me a question, and I'll answer it here. What do you think the chances are... Here's a question on Gronk, coming back after a year off. I can see that becoming a trend in the NFL, and potentially even negotiable in a new CBA. Uh, that offseason is never enough to fully heal... Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 don't, I, I think he legitimately is just taking some time off, like he wants to retire. I I don't think it's like, it's just his body's kind of giving up on him, you know? And I I think it's just time for, in his mind, he saved a bunch of money, like we talked about, and he's just ready to take some time away, get his body back. I, I really don't even think it's that crazy, because we've been talking about him retiring for a while, and he didn't look the same last year. He he was shell of himself might be strong, but he he wasn't the same old Gronk, you know, peak all-pro, Gronk going to the Hall of Fame, but he was still an elite blocker. And and I think it just comes down to the fact that he just doesn't want to be a blocker. He wants more. Hey John, quick question. Do you see Tua having success at the NFL level? It seems like he was the talk of the town after he came in at halftime. After this year's performance, it seems like a lot of people have bailed on Tua and are now favoring Trevor Lawrence. Does Tua need another great playoff performance in order to go within the top five picks? No, I I mean, I think his tape is pretty damn good. I I think he's established himself as one of the better players, you know, in the NFL, or excuse me, college football through those two years. He had a terrible, what was that, uh, SEC championship game against Georgia when he was clearly banged up. I don't think NFL evaluators will hold that against him if he comes back this season, plays well. Uh, I think he will compete to be a top ten pick. I think it's going to be he's going to get nitpicked. Arm strength is his arm good enough? How tall is he? How big is he? The question is also going to be his level of comp. Like you know, is his team was so much better than everyone else. If that will hurt him, uh, he's going to get nitpicked. But he's really accurate. He's just kind of a rhythm passer. He's kind of like a
0: Russell Wilson meets Steve Young. Not as good as those guys, but... Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need